The steam carried the smell of Babushka's death like a soaked sponge. It leaked between the wooden slats of the bathhouse's door and whipped and whirled from there in thin, hot tendrils to mingle with the ice fog that had enshrouded the village of New Pokrovskoye since the early days of March. March was an important month. It was the month that Babushka had first set down a schedule for her own death. The month the giant squid came to the harbor and presaged it all by dying there itself. The squid arrived sometime in the night. It thrashed and twisted underneath the translucent gray ice for hours before it died. Its tentacles braiding and spreading, a woman's long dark hair in a suicide bath. Suicide seemed the best explanation. The squid could have dived, gone back south and deep, into the cool dark ocean where its brethren dwelled in unguessable numbers. But something stopped it, or it knew somehow that its time was up. Whatever the reason, it stayed there beneath the harbor ice of New Pakrovskoye, thrashing and twisting until finally it slowed, its giant form stretching under the gray-green sheet for fifty meters, like a great dark stroke of watercolor. Babushko wheeled herself out onto the ice in the pre-dawn, breath making a contrail behind her as she huffed along to the squid's remains. The ice creaked as she leaned forward in her wheelchair, propped on her walking stick, and glared down at the creature. The walking stick was old. It was said that it had been carried to St. Petersburg by a holy man a hundred years ago, and was cut many years before that. And it was hard as iron. She leaned over, hacking at the ice, eventually tumbling out of her chair and falling to her knees with the effort. By this time, someone had called the Koldun, the fishing village's lodge wizard and healer, second only to Babushka herself in esteem and influence. He went out and joined her for a time. A growing crowd of villagers watched at the bank as he wheedled and cajoled and finally took hold of her arm but she shook off his attempt angrily. And that was all it took. The Kodun had known Babushka for many years, but neither he nor anyone else dared confront her when she became like this. She glared down into the squid's eye for a full minute, then finally drew back, barked a harsh laugh, and spat in it. She turned to the Kodun and the rest, and that was when she said it loud enough to carry through the whole ice-bound village. When this kraken is gone, I go too. The Koldun and the others laughed, uncomfortably at first, and then, as she joined them, with more assurance. And because of that, the people of New Pokrovskoye concluded, everything is fine. It's just another of Babushka's jokes but it was no joke. Babushka knew the lay of her years the same as she knew the lay of this foreign and rocky earth. The hearts of the men and women who believed they controlled it, and the movements of the long, dreaming war that had long ago faded to mere skirmishes. As the ice from the waters in the north mingled with the waters to the south, so had Babushka mingle with the air. And so Babushka reached from the bathhouse and quit of her flesh, she joined the icy air swirling in the breaths of her grandchildren.
To each one, Babushka's scent was different. Darya Orlovsky, who had suckled at the Babushka's teat, and loved her more dearly than her own mother, smelled breast milk and coffee and sausage. Oh, she said, as she lifted a crate of caviar from the back of the truck and turned to carry it into the store. Babushka. Old Nikolai Trolinka, who was in his fishing boat as it crossed the part of the harbor where candle wax chunks of the iceberg had still floated just a day before, smelled ginger and garlic. Ah, he said, nodding to himself. The kraken goes, and so do I. That explains it.